0: Hey, 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 everybody. This is, well, that was fun with Becca Buffo. Today, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about something else that we've got going on at our home, and they're interesting. They help me educate my daughters. It's fun for my husband and I to talk about these things. You can get lots of different accessories for them. They become kind of addictive, and they help us explore nature in a different way. What am I talking about? I'm talking about bird feeders, everybody. Uh, we've got quite a few bird feeders going on. Earlier in the year, um, we had three that had that were exactly the same in the same area, and then I discovered how much of a mess they can make. Um They're pretty sweet. So right now we've got a squirrel-proof bird feeder that holds two suet uh, packets, two little squares of the suet bird feed, which is like, if you haven't ever seen one, um, it's like bird seed that's been melted into like a peanut butter fat lard solution, uh, so it feeds your high-energy birds. And it's just been really, really fun. We also have a hummingbird feeder. And then we have the normal, like, woodland bird feed, which just has um, regular bird seed in it. Something that's been really neat about moving to our new place is that because we are in the trees, we get a different mix of birds. And I gotta tell you, I think my favorite bird has changed. So when I was younger, living in Menominee, Wisconsin... We lived by the Rec Park, which is, I don't know, maybe two blocks away from our house. And we lived on Main Street, and we were able to walk to school. We went to St. Joseph's School in Menominee, Wisconsin. And it was only about, like, five or six blocks from our house. And in that town, they have a lot of crows. So when I was little... Uh, I would, like, caw at the crows as I was walking to school. I was quite an interesting child. And then they would crow back, and it was really neat. But now I I think my favorite bird is going to just be a woodpecker. So we've got at least four different species of woodpeckers. Um, We've got the red-bellied woodpecker, the hairy woodpecker, downy woodpecker and the pileated woodpecker and I've identified these birds through our book of North American birds from Reader's Digest there was a couple there's like at least one more that I'm looking at that I'm not sure it is the red-bellied woodpecker it just seems to have like more of a blush red on its head which may mean that it's the it's the female of the bird but I don't know it's been really interesting when we were getting married, uh, at my bridal shower, I think my biggest reaction to a gift that I got, uh, was to a pair of binoculars and a bird identification book. And it was gifted to Kyle and myself from one of his cousins. And, uh, what's interesting about Kyle's family is that this cousin is actually like old enough to be an aunt or an uncle and it's just the generational gap that had happened when uh grandma and grandpa had stopped like their last kids were born as the oldest kids were having their children so um it's really fun to have that that older generation of cousins and um, she's just a ball and she like saw it on the gift registry on Amazon and she had to get it for us and I like almost cried because I was laughing so hard and it was so fun to see that that was purchased for us. Um, since then Kyle's purchased another pair of binoculars so that we have two and uh, we before we had the girls we would take them out the binoculars and the bird books out on our kayaks and that's just How dorky we are as a couple. (laughs) I tried out a recipe this week that I've never cooked myself before. And I just wanted to tell you a little bit about the experience. So it's a sour soup that's called borscht b-o-r-s-c-h-t borscht and it's a sour soup from eastern europe and northern asia and i can remember my grandma hecker that was a weird way to say that my grandma hecker making this soup so i was on the phone with my mom and i was asking her do you have a recipe for this soup like is it in because she kind of collects cookbooks which is like a story for another day but so i asked her about it because i remember her cooking it one time when i was younger and it's such a shocking soup and it was so delicious and my my mom is not really a cook or a baker, so when she made something that I really liked, like I would remember it, and borscht was one of them. So she came over last week and brought this uh, For the Love of Cooking cookbook, and it's from Stark Billings County's Extension Homemakers Council, and this is the 1991 edition. And so that just has a bunch of family history in it right there. So uh, Stark County is affectionately known in our family as Stark, Raven, Mad County, and it's a place in North Dakota that uh, is the county for Richerton, which is where my mom and her family grew up, and it's where my my Hecker grandparents lived, and it's where my grandma is still um, living, and it's just this really fun cookbook, and so I'm going to tell you a little bit about the recipe and then a little bit about what happened with me cooking this soup okay so this one has one and a half to two pounds of cubed beef um, in it in the recipe my mom wrote I remembered mom used ham not beef and for our version I actually used um, a, like half a half a can of our stewed venison meat uh, so I it's it's antelope from this last fall and we cut it up and then you season it and you cook it and then you put it into a big jar and then you process it and you can it and you're able to keep it and it makes for really fast meals Um, because you're able to just throw it in the crock pot, like you don't need to cook it at all. So as soon as the vegetables are done, you know it's gonna be safe to eat. Um, And this recipe also calls for one tablespoon cooking oil, two cups carrots cut up, two cups beets cut up, that's the important part. One cup onion cut up, two cups potatoes cut, two cups cabbage cut, one cup celery cut, Three cups of water, one can of tomato soup or stewed tomatoes. Um, what we've always used in our family was just a can of diced tomatoes, that's really good. One tablespoon salt, one tablespoon sugar, one tablespoon vinegar, a fourth of a teaspoon of pepper, and then two cups of cream. And we didn't have any cream and I was not about to run to the grocery store for cream. So when I made this, I um didn't use cream, and we didn't have any cabbage either. Uh, And then I substituted the antelope for the beef. So it says, uh, just to put it all in the bottom of a crock pot, and then put your meat over the vegetables, stir together water, tomato soup, and all the rest of the stuff, salt, sugar, vinegar, and pepper on the beef. Cook on low for 10 to 12 hours, or high for five to six hours. And then it says for the end of the recipe, about 45 minutes before serving, skim off fat and add the cream. Reheat and serve. For a variety, add kohlrabi instead of or in combination with the potatoes. Exact measurement is not necessary in this recipe. This recipe is good as leftovers or freeze before adding cream. And it's from Janine Wiseman, which she was a part of the Homemakers Club of 1969. So borscht, because of the beets turns this really interesting like deep dark red into magenta color and uh, I, as I was chopping up all the vegetables and putting it in the crock pot um, Kyle didn't really he thought I was just making like our normal stew that I'll make in the crock pot and I was like oh no this is this is borscht this is different and it it was just hilarious we had like a, a full on three minute back and forth on how to say the word borscht. And I can't even say how he was saying it. It was hilarious. Um, but it, it was just like an Abbott and Costello routine. I was like saying it and then he was saying it, and I'm like, no no no, try again. Borscht. And he was like not doing it. It was great. So uh and I I started it one evening and then had it in the crock pot overnight and then we were eating it the next day and what? It happened was as I got up to feed the littlest before at like two o'clock in the morning. I opened it up and I stirred it, and I had it on you know low heat, very low heat. And apparently Kyle woke up because it smelled so good. It's like I woke up in the middle of the night and I was just hungry from this this thing that was cooking out there. Um, Definitely something that I'm going to be making more often. The reason why I decided to make this specific one is because I had. Got to the farmers' market and picked up some really good looking beets. Um, and yeah, I think I just exposed my family to something a little a little different, something from my history. So my mom's side of the family, the Heckers were actually Germans from Russia, which means that during the rule of Catherine the Great, she was a German princess and she married um, the son of Peter the Great, Peter the whatever. If you watch Hulu, Check out The Great. Um, It's an interesting, semi true historical fiction, and there's a lot of adult content in it, just gonna forewarn you there. But it's the story of Catherine the Great, and it's just so interesting knowing that because of her, my family is who they are, because she brought a bunch of Germans over to help. to, to like populate um, a portion of Siberia, and so so uh, the hackers are a portion of that, and borscht came from from that side of the family. Um, it says when I looked it up, it says it's like a Ukrainian dish, um, from also from Eastern Europe and Northern Asia. So that was just interesting bit of my week. I really like technology. I like the way that it helps you learn. It's interesting to me. I think some of this, speaking of the Hecker side of my family, some of this comes from my grandpa Hecker. Um, So my my grandpa, the girl's great grandpa, Peter Paul Hecker, um, worked for the Burlington Northern Santa Fe Railroad system for like over 40 years. And he went from being a person who operated the telegraph machine with Morse code all the way through to the internet. Think about that change in technology, wow, what a time to be a part of telecommunications. And he was always really, really interested in that stuff, I can remember as a kid uh, when like, we started learning about burning CDs. He had this band called the Friday Night Gang, and he played accordion, and there was, like, two accordions in it and a fiddle player, and somebody played the piano, and, like, it was just really, really a cool group of people. And I can remember his desktop computer in the basement of their home, and whenever we would come over, he would be doing something with it, and he would be burning CDs for the Friday Night Gang, um, so they would record the music and then he would burn CDs and it was just so neat because growing up in the you know, in the nineties and early two thousands, like that was, was pretty, pretty awesome technology. Um, I don't think he ever got to the MP3 world, but, um, he passed away, uh, just a couple of years ago. Anyway, so speaking of technology, it's, it's kind of in my blood and I really, really like to be open to new ideas. Um, so our family and in my home, we have Alexa Echo devices all over the place. And as some people are like, oh, you're wiretapping your home. And I'm like, well, if you have a cell phone, you can be tapped. Like if you have a landline, you can be tapped. Now I'm just asking my you know, wiretap device what the best recipe for pancakes is. <laughs> so, I mean, we're not developing any trade secrets in our home. There's a lot of dancing and laughing and I think the pros outweigh the cons in this situation. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about a new device that I just got yesterday in the mail and installed and it's in our bedroom and it's called an Echo Flex. Now we have an Echo Show in the kitchen which has like a TV screen and then we have what my dad calls the hockey pucks which are little Echo Dot units. And now we have a Flex, which plugs directly into the wall and looks like a big nightlight, kind of. And it's got a little built-in speaker and microphone and then it has the two buttons where you can mute it and then one is like, you push it and then it listens to you. Um, or you can activate it with your voice and this little echo flex is our bedroom unit and it's we're gonna use it to control the lights Um, this allowed me to move one of the hockey pucks to a different area in the home and because we don't use the speaker or the music a lot in our bedroom I thought okay well we can replace that with this smaller less expensive unit with a crappier speaker Um, but something that, uh, Sweet Pea loves about using the device that's in mama's room is that she'll, she'll snuggle with me and we'll listen to story time, Amazon story time. Um, so I decided to, to get a new one and it's pretty neat. This has been podcast number five of Well, That Was Fun with Becca Buffo. Um, I just want to leave you with one other thing, and that's um, please Google Bill Nye, the science guy. (laughs) Um, He's got a Facebook page that says Bill Nye, though, B-I-L-L space N-Y-E space T-H-O, I would really appreciate it if you just take a second to look at some of his posts um, that start with science fact or consider the following. Um, They're good and they're really important in this time. And I think that it's a time when we should be listening to the experts and really looking towards something. And I mean, who doesn't love Bill Nye the science guy? especially as a millennial we grew up with him and now he's made a resurgence and he's talking to us as adults instead of as children tweens and teens um and i trusted him then with his knowledge and factual based information and i trust him now doesn't mean that i necessarily believe everything that he says but i think he's a voice that we should be listening to okay i'm signing off talk to you guys later